Hi everyone, today I've got a very special guest with me today who is my wife and also business partner. Her name is Chenille and Chenille has actually um, worked with me not only as my business partner but she's our internal CFO. She's also uh, started a few businesses of her own and also started a few businesses with myself and um, today we want to be talking about just basics around starting up a business, the setup stage, mostly around that setup stage and, and the experiences we've gone through with not only our own individual businesses, but also um, you know the the hundreds of clients that we deal with on a day to day basis. Um, this is a podcast that is for those um, you know entrepreneurs or, or people trying to be a business owner, um, but they just don't really have um, confidence in what they've done so far, or if they haven't started. Um, what they should be doing um, in, in the initial stages of their business. Now, we're not going to go into the actual strategic planning of setting up a business. It's more so around uh, the setup, the structure, um, and anything around that that is crucial to making sure that we have the right foundations. Um, so, yeah, welcome, Chenille. Thank you. Um, so, I guess I just want to have a quick chat and, and just discuss the... the Maybe firstly, some of the businesses that we've started up. So obviously we had um, we have this one here, which is New Way of Accounting, but yeah. over and above that we also have the, um, the financial planning side. Yeah, we've got um, insurance as well, and we also have um, finance and mortgage, mortgage broking. Yeah, and over yeah. and above that, we also have set up a few e-commerce store. Chanel had her own um, matcha tea uh, business. Yeah. With, and we also set up a watch business where we were importing watches um, and designing watches here in Australia, importing from China, uh, and which we sold off um, yeah, probably a couple about, of years ago you know, now. Probably yeah. six years ago now, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of setting up businesses and making sure that we're ticking all of the boxes, I'd say that we've had a bit of experience in that. And not mm-hmm. only that, um, you know, going through multiple business setups with hundreds of clients um, has really... Uh, I, I guess kept us well versed in in this area. Yeah. So, I guess in terms of um, choosing the right structure, this is the first topic that that I want to discuss because a lot of clients that we meet with, um, there's always that issue of basically running in blind and and just starting their business and automatically just getting an ABN from uh, the ATO and not looking into the ins and outs of what structure that uh, they should be in. So um, what do you think about the how people should be structuring their business and what are your experiences in that? Um, so people don't necessarily um, always have a good idea. Sorry if you can hear that sneeze in the background, that's our dog. Um around um, the things that they should be considering when, they, um, when they're when um, they looking at setting up a structure initially because there's lots of areas that you um, have to look into um, and that it's, it comes down to your personal circumstances. It could be um, even making sure that um, you're set up in the right um, structure to make sure that you're um, doing everything you can to minimise your tax. Um, yeah, so it all comes down to the person really um, and what your your situation is. Yeah, and look, uh, alongside that, we have to. there are a few points that I've put down here. So the first point is aligning 
um, this structure with your personal circumstances and goals. This is one that a lot of people forget about straight away. They think about um, just the business side and they think about the legalities and the asset protection. But I like to make sure that when you are setting up um, a business, it's in line with your goals. So sorry about that. We've just got our little puppy with us and uh, he's been a bit of a, a naughty boy. Um, so yeah, setting up your personal circumstances with, and aligning your goals. So for us, um, using us as an example, we want to make sure that you know from the start we already un we're, we're trying to identify what we wanted to do. Let's say New Wave Accounting is a business. This isn't we're we're not looking at this as a short term business. We're not looking at this as something that will immediately or, or even a long term sell down the track. We're looking for longevity, legacy, and making sure that we're continuously growing the business. So that was a crucial factor in determining what structure was right for the business itself, mm -hmm. right? And then you're also looking at circumstances. If we have business partners, are you able to, I guess, dive a little deeper on our circumstances with our other businesses where we do have business partners and, and you know the, the, the considerations we have to make there? Yeah. Um, so if you have business, other business partners, obviously you have to um, consider both both parties in the setup initially and what um, your long term goals are for for where you want the business to go. Um, there's also things that you have to consider if you have business partners around um, making sure that you're putting in proper shareholder agreements if you're setting up a company as well so that it's all outlined from the get-go um, what everyone's duties are basically um, and um, it just makes it a lot easier down the track when you do um, you know if anything does prop up you've got every everything in the one agreement and you can refer back to it, it just yeah, allows you to do that. Yeah, perfect. So that's going down the legal side as well, which we will touch base on and a few points down. But we also want to look at considerations such as asset protection. Why do we want to look at asset protection in that first instance? And we can bring it back to our situation, for example. So I'll get Chanel to explain how we do our structures. And just because we do it this way doesn't mean that others should do it in the same way. What you need to do is seek advice on it first. Yeah. So currently at the moment, um, all of the, in, for our situation, basically all of the business, um, the businesses are in Ruben's name, um, but all of the assets are actually held in my name. And that's a, de a decision that Ruben and I made um, when we were planning out all of our structuring and everything, should anything happen down the track um, to um, the business or anyone, you know, try try something or a bad situation happen and um, we are put in a position where someone wants to take something out against the business. Um, it means all of our assets are basically protected because everything's still sitting under under my name rather than under Ruben's. Yeah, and that's something that we did. And you have to, again, to discuss this. Don't just jump into these sort of situations where you'll just implement something because someone else is doing it. We've yeah. done this for a particular reason. And like Chanel mentioned, all of the trading entities, all of the entities that have risk are under my name. So I'm essentially the risk taker. I'll stand in front of the train and it'll hit me before it hits um, Chanel or takes away any of our, our assets in the background. So that's how we've set it up. Now, um, the next point I wanted to talk about is tax minimization. Super, super, super crucial to make sure that this is taken into consideration before you start trading and and, and um, before you start implementing structures, because time and time again, we're coming across businesses who suddenly go from 100K in revenue 
um, you know, making maybe 30K in profit to a million or $2 million in revenue making 600K in profit or 500K in profit as a sole trader without any consideration about how tax can be minimized. Now, this is probably one of the best ways to actually minimize your tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a variety of ways we do this, but um, I guess Chanel, work, Chanel works in the background and she does our internal taxation planning for us as a yeah. CFO um, with the multiple entities that we do have. But I guess our recommendation there is to make sure that um, you have flexibility in, the, in that tax space. Any other things you want to add? Yeah, there? and just making sure you are chatting to your accountants, making sure you're meeting with them regularly um, and assessing, like even if it is initially, you know, at the very minimum once a year, um, making sure you are um, getting a good picture of where you're wanting your business to head um, and what your plans are for the future because you don't want to get into a position where, like Ruben said, you are a sole trader um, and down the track something comes along and um, even someone might want to purchase the business from you. You don't want to be stuck with having um, all of that um, going through into your personal name when there could be you know, other potential options where you could minimise that tax rather than having it all sitting sitting under you personally. So yeah, yeah. So the last two points I had here were basically making sure that you're also looking at your industry and the type of business that you're going into. Specific industries, specific areas require specific uh, structures. So for example, on the e-commerce side, a lot of people who aren't well versed in this space. Um, we'll, we'll probably not know that the ideal structure for a, uh, an Amazon US type of business is a company. Now, why is that? Because the US uh, you know, um, don't, uh, or, or they don't respond well to trust, and it also gives um, other further sort of um, opportunities there as well. So make sure that you're looking at your industry, construction industry, for example. Here in Queensland, we're making sure that a lot of the the entities are set up in a company because of QBCC registration issues. So it is a case by case basis and, and don't worry if your friends are doing something different that's the that's the biggest mistake that we see is that my friend or, or joe down the street started up a trust so i should do it too uh, or why did i start a company don't you don't need to listen to those sort of aspects listen to your advisor they are the ones that will be able to guide you in the right way yeah um anything you wanted to add to that no i don't think so okay um i guess the last the last aspect of um choosing the right structure is just don't rush into it. I think that's the last thing I wanted to chat about there. You don't need to rush into it. Um, Make sure you take the time, spend the money because this small investment that you need to do at the start can save you thousands, not only in tax minimization, but also protecting your own assets. So make sure you're investing um, into the foundations of your business to be able to grow and scale. Yeah, don't always just take the cheapest option from the beginning. Um, Obviously, setting yourself up as a sole trader is obviously the lowest cost option. But like Ruben said, um, if you set up properly from the beginning, it's going to save you lots of money and time potentially later on down the track um, when your business has grown. And also we've had had multiple clients who have already started through a sole trader, let's say, and that may be the right structure for them. But if you are... um, worried or concerned that you're not in the right structure um, and that you've rushed into it or you want a second opinion just let us know we offer a free 30 minute um, meeting here so you can click um, you can click on the notes below and, and we'll have a link to that um, you can call our office and one of our um, you know managers here accounting um, professionals will assist you with uh, figuring out what you need to do next 
Um, okay, let's move on. So I guess the, the next stage are uh, obviously the registrations of, of the business. I think a lot of clients are getting confused here and where um, they don't know if, if they need additional TFNs, additional ABNs. So what's your advice around that, Chanel? Yeah, so um, you will always have um, any sort of entity that you um, have set up in your training through um, will always need to have um, a TFN and typically an ABN. Um, the other thing outside of this that I think people... Do you have anything to add to that? I don't well, I guess, yeah, well, you keep going. Yeah, I think the other thing, um, like on top of that around registrations um, would be that uh, people are always uh, sort of asking when when they should be coming, um, be becoming GST registered is a big one because um, people tend to think, oh, they may have to get GST registered straight away, but that's um, actually not the case. It's not until you're um, turning over more than 75,000 for most people that you have to become GST registered. Um, so that's a really big one as well. Yeah, again, it comes back to seeking that advice because we have had some clients, again, in the e-commerce space where they haven't registered, is the other way around, they mm. haven't registered for GST, um, waited until 75,000. However, all of their product um, and all of their revenue was GST free, meaning that they should have registered from the get-go and they, they could have saved um, a lot in, in tax, basically. So it's, it's again, case-by-case -case basis, but registrations, it's one of those ones where um, just make sure to get your, your advisor to do it. Yeah, it's the easiest easiest way to make sure that it's all covered because, um, you know, we always have clients coming to us and they're not really sure if they have an ABN set up properly for the company or um, they may have lost their TFN or something like that. Um, if you get your accountant to do it from the get-go, we'll have everything on file basically um, and it just makes it heaps easier. So moving on from registrations, um, let's go on to a bank account structure. This is a question I get a lot um, and it's not necessarily to do with tax. It's more so to do about how should we um, set up bank accounts? What's the ideal way? So how are you doing it at the moment within our, um, with our businesses? Yeah, so how we structure it at the moment is um, we basically have one um, trading account where uh, we are paying all of, we're receiving all of our income and paying a majority of our expenses out of. Um, then I also have um, a savings account or we have multiple savings accounts set up, but um, if you're just beginning, my recommendation would be to have to always just make sure you're setting up those two separate accounts, one a working account and two a savings account. Um, and with the savings account, um, you um, should be using that to, to put away money for things like your tax, your super, your PAYG withholding. So um, what I would recommend when you do start, um, you know, employing staff and, and all of those things is every time you're doing a pay run, you automatically straight away transfer the PAYG withholding and the super away each pay run so that you know that it's sitting in that savings account and when you get to the end of the quarter you've got it there to be able to make payment for it. Lots of businesses get stuck. They think they um, have a lot of money um, just sitting in that trading account um, and um, they will go and spend it not knowing that a whole lump sum of that is um, going to need to go to things like your super, your with your PAYG withholding and your BASs as well. So um, that's a really good way to, to work it. Yeah, 100%. That's one thing that I always touch base with clients 
on is their cash flow, mm-hmm. monitoring their cash flow, how to how to make sure that you have enough money at the end of the day to pay tax and enough of the money in the bank to pay yourself, but to also grow your business. And that's something that we'll do in another episode because I think that deserves its own uh, full hour of going into cash flow and the ways that we can sort of maximize and optimize the way that we control that. Yeah. Um, going back to the bank accounts, one thing that um, we, could, we could touch on at the moment is Obviously, some clients, they won't be able to identify or understand how much tax to save. BAS is, um, uh, you know, could be somewhat simpler. Uh, PAYG, obviously, it's coming from the payroll. But how do we recommend clients to figure out how much tax to put away? Let's say each month, if they are making a profit, how, how, do, we, how do we say, um, you know, put away 10% or 20%? What would you recommend there? Yeah, well... Uh- my my recommendation is your first port of call would be to touch base with your accountant. Um, they are able to run reports, obviously, and even run through and explain, um, give you a better understanding of what you're sort of looking at um, when you are looking at your profit and loss. Um, but they will be able to give you a good gauge of how much you should be um, putting away, whether it be you're meeting with them monthly or quarterly. Um, and down the track, you'll start learning um, if you're meeting with them regularly, what you should be looking for and how much you should be putting away, basically. Yeah. And I guess the importance of that is you don't want too little in those tax accounts. Otherwise, you won't be able to t- pay your tax off. And you don't want too much in those tax accounts because if you do have too much of a surplus in there, whilst it's good that you're saving it, it's money that's dead. You'll be, you, you could be using that money for marketing. You could be using yeah. that money for additional payroll uh additional stock so it's important to try to get as accurate as possible and that's where an advisor can help you um okay let's move on to record keeping i think this is a very important one because this is something that it's not everyone's forte and then i wanted to discuss a few aspects in here about who should be doing the record keeping in the first place um what type of people are suited to that and when it's beneficial i guess to start hiring an external bookkeeper but um, let's start off with invoices and receipts what do we need to keep um basically everything you need to keep everything and you need to keep it for a minimum of um seven years i think it is at the moment so um and that doesn't mean you necessarily have to be keeping paper copies of everything i would hope that not everyone has paper copies sitting around for seven years um because that's a lot um so there's actually heaps of different um, software applications that you can get now um, that actually store these invoices um, and receipts um, for all of your expenses that work really well that integrate with your software as well, your accounting software. So going into that, what are the, uh, you know, what is the accounting software that we use or what do you recommend to clients um, to use so that it keeps their, you know, their books tidy, allows efficiencies and allows them to scale? Yeah, so um, we recommend um, to majority of all of our clients um, Xero as the number one software um, to use. Um, Xero actually allows you to um, connect your uh, bank accounts to um, the software and you get bank feeds and everything. So it makes your general bookkeeping a lot easier. Um, In terms of um, receipts, um, there's two programs that we probably offer um, or recommend, um, and that's Dext and HubDoc. Um, they both integrate with Xero, um, and 
yeah, will allow you, you allow your bookkeeping just to become a lot easier once you've got it all up and running and connected and everything. Yeah, and just as an example, we just set up a client recently who um, traditionally haven't been great with their their bookkeeping, record keeping and so forth. So um, we implemented Zero alongside Dext and we set up those uh, set up the Dex account on their phones. Mm-hmm. So all we said to them was, look, we'll handle all of the bookkeeping on our, our end. All we need you to do is designate someone, either yourself or a manager or whoever it may be, to make sure at the end of the day, they're taking pictures of all of the receipts on the Dex app. It's very, very quick. And that'll automatically save it into uh, the Dex program and we'll have access to that. Then we can put that into the zero um, account. So it's very, very simple and it's all about setting processes uh, and procedures from the beginning and building a good habit. Yeah, Dext also, if you're receiving all of your invoices through to your email, it also allows you just to forward it straight to to an email address and it'll upload straight into the application, which I find is, is really, really good. Yeah, any software that saves time, improves accuracy and allows you to you know, grow your business is, is software that's worthwhile. It's software that's worth paying for. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, and that's what I wanted to touch on next, is a lot of people will stay with spreadsheets and, and, and not hire a third-party bookkeeper and, and continue to do it themselves in a very archaic way that ends up costing them more in the long run, not only in, I guess, time, um, not only in... Um, in in accuracy, but also when it gets to your accountant, believe it or not, if you think you're saving money on on not having accounting software, your accountant nine times out of ten will charge you more because they have to do more work in the background to get these figures up to date, make sure they're accurate, put it into zero or the accounting system. So um, if you're thinking, if you're on the, the fence about getting an accounting software, whether you're small, if you think you're too small, I would just say jump into it, get it, and you'll feel and see the actual, um, I guess, benefits. Yeah. Cloud accounting software will also allow you to see your figures or current figures all the time. If you're using anything other than cloud accounting software, it really restricts you in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we mentioned before, if you're meeting with your accountant regularly and whatnot, you would want to have a cloud, cloud accounting software so that they can help you with basically real-time figures, not just um, any, anything that's like historic that you're sort of looking back on. That's exactly right. So you, you definitely can't manage your business without being able to see these figures. And it's one of the biggest um, downfalls of, of businesses that we see that are struggling because they just don't have a grasp of these figures. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch base on in regards to bookkeeping or record keeping? Um, my only thing would be is, um, as Ruben sort of touched on at the beginning, um, making sure that you've got the right person looking after your bookkeeping. Um, there's all different types of people out there. Um, those, it, it, to, even to give you an example, me and Ruben were completely different types of people. Um, he is very big picture, um, big ideas sort of orientated um, rather than 
wanting to get down into the nitty gritty and making sure that the processes and everything are in place. Um, if we left the bookkeeping up to Ruben to do, I, we, it would be an absolute mess. I would, yeah, I wouldn't even want to imagine yeah. what it would be. And like. I'm an accountant as well. Yeah, and he's an accountant, so um, that's just yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all dependent on the person. Whereas um, I'm the type of person that's a lot more structured. I like things in, um, put in place. I like there to be systems and and things like that. So if it's not your forte, make sure you're finding someone um that is an expert in that sort of area to take care of it because it is really important um and it'll just make your life so much easier there's no point in you sitting there spending hours and hours doing something that one you don't enjoy doing um and two is taking you double the time um it would if you were to start paying someone else to do it exactly right and it's the opportunity cost as well where is your time best spent is it sitting there for two hours punching in numbers into zero or is it uh, that or is it dealing with clients or or creating your product and getting out there and yeah. making you know two three hundred dollars an hour doing what you you do best so you got to think about those things as well and i think that's where a lot of uh, business owners get stuck as well they they have that sort of small mindset mm-hmm. um short-term mindset and but you got to think of the long-term gain perfect um, so one other aspect that we're, we're continuously looking at at the moment is insurance. Um, you know, we, we just have um, started up our uh, insurance arm as well, yeah. uh, New Wave Insurance, where Amanda, um, she's a legend, absolute legend, she'll go out there and actually look at our clients' premises and go through their business and make sure that they're covered. What are the important factors that, that, that clients need to know about or new business owners need to know about in terms of insurance? Um the main one probably making sure that you've got insurance is in place. Public liability is probably the biggest one um, that you need to make sure you definitely have in place. Um, but there's a whole, you know, a whole minefield of different insurances basically that you can have. Um, but um, your insurance broker or getting an insurance broker will help you with that. Um, they can help from doing things even even from things like if you've got multiple vehicles within your business setting up and making sure that you've got um, motor vehicle insurance or fleet insurance for all of those vehicles um, is something that's really um, key. Um, What Mm. else? I just wanted to add to that, I guess, all of these things that we're mentioning, insurance, um, you're choosing the right structure, these are all aspects where I feel as though they're an investment to your business because yeah. you're building a very strong foundation. Again, I come back to those foundations and and a lot of people would bypass these aspects, but so many times I've seen it time and time again, sorry, that they're just falling into a trap and spending more down the track, losing more down the track. So insurance is one of those ones where it's a necessary evil in a sense. Yeah. Um, no but one if, wants to be paying for it. Yeah. No one wants to be paying it. for insurance. No one wants to be paying for, you know, even insurance in your personal level. But if you do it right and you, you're protected, one, you'll have peace of mind. And two, um, you, you'll be able to really have confidence that your business can grow and scale. Yeah. There's even things, insurances for things like key person insurance. So if you're, um, you know, the main person running your business and your business basically would not be able to run without you, um, that may be something that you need to look into um, because should anything happen, obviously, um, you need something in place to make sure that that's covered or uh, the ability to make sure you have funds to be able to hire someone to replace you. Yeah. I'll do another episode with Amanda as well just to dive 
a little bit deeper into this insurance section because it can be critical, especially to niche businesses such as e-commerce businesses about yeah. their products and so forth. But if you do need to touch base with someone in regards to Amanda, you can contact her um, if you go to uh, newwaveinsurance.com.au or contact Amanda at newwaveinsurance.com.au. Um, you can call, call our office and we can get you in touch. Um, jumping onto legals. Now, I know you were t- t- chatting about shareholder agreements, which is such a great point. Um, and, and, you know, there are there have been mistakes in the past, where we've, we've, um, especially myself, going into so many different businesses and having so many different business partners and so forth, where you fall into these traps because it's at the start, you're... Everything's all happy and cheery happy and everyone's and cheery excited. And, and um, you know, all these sort of other aspects just get left behind. They're the important aspects that you know one two three years down the track if something does go wrong or there is a a split in the business or people are just naturally going separate ways you know how do we protect this and and these are where the you know a great lawyer um will come into play yeah so just a little bit further detail on shareholder agreements the things that they can include in there um are things like how much you know you should be getting paid as a wage basically um a, a definition on what each um, shareholder's role is in the business, Very which is important. a really big thing. Um, things like if one shareholder wanted to sell out of the business down the track, um, what the process should be, as in whether they have to first offer it up to the other shareholder or if they can just put it out to market basically without approval from them. So they're really important things that can have an, a major effect on your business if you don't have in place. That's exactly right. And a great lawyer will sit down the business owners. And it doesn't matter if you are friends, if you're, you're completely arm's length or if it's your, if it's your brother or your sister. Yeah. It's very important that everyone goes through this to understand what everyone's, I guess, intentions are in the business in the first place. Of course, everyone wants to make, great, make a great business, but you might have one person that wants to exit the business in two years and the other person wants to hold it for life. Yeah. And there, there are big issues with this because... If you don't plan for it for it for at the start, then there's going to be a time where you're going to be butting heads, yeah. and then the lawyers come out and and um, it, it just happens. Messy, yeah. It gets very messy and it gets very expensive. So a great lawyer can save you a lot of money down the track. Simple agreement. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of those legals as well, I guess the other things you, you need to look at are employee agreements. Mm-hmm. If you are looking to bring on staff, a great HR. Um, uh, 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 I'm sorry, a, a legal uh, specializes in the in the HR department, I guess. Um, if you contact them, they, they'll be able to keep you on top of agreements and also just penalty rates and all those sort of aspects, awards. Yeah, um, and, making and sure else. you have employee like proper yeah. employee contracts in place, basically, um, to cover you off on even simple things, so that they are aware of um, you know how much notice they have to give should they decide that they want to quit. Um, things around you know leave sick leave all of those sorts of things are included in that exactly right but um look again if you do need contacts in that legal department we have some great lawyers on the gold coast up and coming lawyers and also those that have been um in the game for many years um we work with a number of them across the gold coast so if you do need help with that let us know and we can put you in touch yeah um so basic compliance Obviously, as an accountant, everyone thinks, oh, accountants, they must be lodging tax returns and, and you know, getting refunds and all these sort of aspects. Um, we want to touch base a little bit about um, what are the, the sort of the basic uh, comp- uh, reports and, and statements that you'll have to lodge 
to the ATO and other aspects to make sure that you're compliant year in, year in, year out, basically. So what are the things that um, you think that you would recommend uh, clients to understand? Yeah, so at a minimum, if you're running a business, typically um, everyone will have a tax return that they have to lodge and that will likely be if you have an entity set up, you'll be having to lodge a tax return for your um, your entity plus you'll likely be having to lodge a, a tax return for yourself um, individually as well. Um, if your business is, um, as we mentioned, turning over that $75,000 um, or you are GST registered, you then have to think about um, making sure that you're lodging BASs um, and that could be on a quarterly basis or a monthly basis depending on your size um, within those basses as well if you then have employees um, you should be including the wages within um, those basses each quarter or month as well on top of that um, so they would be probably at a very at the very minimum um, your basses and your tax returns um, and there's a few extra things when we come towards the end of the year yeah. as well as you increase the complexities within your business you start getting motor vehicles or you start um, you know paying little bonuses or having entertainment and so forth little uh, other things start to come into play but um, it, it's always good to, again to regularly touch base with your advisor to sit down with them and go are there any any other obligations that I need to know about you don't want to sit there and after three years you figure out that you have to backdate and pay all this payroll tax or whatever it may be yeah. but at minimum as Janelle said your, your annual tax returns and your activity statements throughout the year now who should be doing this your accountant definitely i would advise unless you um the basses sometimes you you can um if you have a really good bookkeeper um that is a registered bass agent um they can be lodging those each quarter for you um but my recommendation would be to have your accountant um be lodging those for you so that they're doing a review every quarter of how you're going basically and just making sure everything's in place um everything's been done properly in your um in your accounting software as well everything's been recorded properly it's just a good way for them to do a check for you yeah and 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 i guess the next comment it's super biased because obviously i i run an accounting practice and i want you guys to come on board <laughs> but uh, a great accountant is always worth its weight in gold um, generally any sort of accounting advice whether it be um, you know your tax returns your basses and so forth if you have a great accountant that is doing that or a bookkeeper even the cost is far outweighed by the actual outcome of that tax return or bass so you may be paying less in tax you may be paying less in your actual basses each quarter because they're identifying opportunities and and ways that we can get tax back or, or just being able to claim more but that's the difference between i guess lodging it yourself mm -hmm. and lodging it through a trusted advisor um, you may pay it. You may pay three, four hundred bucks for a bass, and you think, "Well, I can do that myself in a few hours." But you may lose five grand or a few grand in in deductions lost. So you just think about that one as well. So there's always an opportunity cost um, with anything in life and anything in business. Yeah. In terms of the um, compliance as well, one thing that I I would want to touch on is um, super your superannuation. Mm. Um, um, liabilities just because it's something that the ATO is really cracking down on um, you need to ensure that you are making sure to pay your super on time and that means um, in most cases it's due at, on the 25th at the end of each quarter um, if you don't have it paid on time you're actually um, meant to be 
preparing something that they call super guarantee charge statements where you have to pay interest on top of um, the super that's actually payable to the employee. So it can cost you, end up costing you a lot more um, because one, you'll have to get your accountants to prepare your super guarantee charge statement, which, which takes some time. And two, you're gonna have to pay interest on top of what you would have originally had to pay um, for your super for your employees. Yeah, that's exactly right. I guess those are the aspects that we want to touch base on. Is there anything else that you think that we need to um, guide people on in terms of setting up their own business or if they if they have already started what they should be doing at this point in time? Um, we think we've pretty I much think, covered yeah, everything there. I, think, yeah. I guess one of the last aspects that I wanted to touch base on just with any business at all, you have to remember, guys, that businesses, um, you know, they'll be, they can be one of the biggest investments that, that you you do within your lifetime and especially if you want to keep growing the business itself but you but for me and from experience and from looking at other businesses they they are probably the if not the best in terms of return so it's worth putting that money in because if you think about it if you were to put let's say if you had a hundred thousand dollars and you were to put that in the bank you're getting less than two percent if you're putting that into managed funds you'd be lucky to get anywhere between you know seven to twelve yeah. percent if you're putting that into a property if you're hopeful that it'll grow over time but you're getting a ten percent growth you know in, in in good in great conditions whereas businesses we've seen businesses that return can be huge. They yeah. can be well, well above, you know, 20, 30, 40%. So um, what I'm trying to say is don't don't uh, run your business as if it's just a short-term play. Run it as if you want it to be an empire. Run it as if you're looking at, with the intention in the back of your mind, even though you may not, with the intention of thinking, oh, maybe I'll sell this one day. And if you sell it one day, you have to remember that people are looking at great businesses with great profit, with great procedures and great foundations. And yeah. if you can put that all together and think about that and have that mindset from the start, you're going to do well. If you think about it as it's just going to be a cash cow for me and every time I get a dollar in, I'm going to rip a dollar out and don't care about tax, super, whatever it may be, then you're going to have issues down the track. So yeah. spend the time to understand it. But um, thanks so much for joining me today, Chanel. And okay. um, we'll probably get you back here one day to talk about other sort of issues within the business area. But um, that's all for now, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.